Texas Realtors 360 Real Insights Regional Meeting with Shauna Aquista, luxury real estate broker, CCAR. You're the vice, the president in waiting, vice president Incoming. elect at these titles. President elect. President elect. Yeah. I need to be better about that because it is a great title. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. <laughs> and let's go ahead and discuss what went on uh, just the other day. Yeah. So a lot of good takeaways from this meeting and what it was was the Texas Realtors leadership was there and just sharing some things that are going on and some hot topics um, with us and we had you know open discussions about it to understand how important it was to Realtors that they you know push harder on these topics um, to get some changes made. So I'm going to have Omkar pull over this. This is one thing that I want you guys to never underestimate is the Texas Realtor, or TexasRealEstate.com website. There is a home buyers and sellers report that we're going to um, chat in with you guys. But this link, um, it gives you lots of great information. There's a relocation packet that you can download. There's lots of, of great information there that I think will help you in your business and for you as a realtor to just know the different stats. And, you know, it really opened my eyes to how strong our market really is compared to other parts of the country and how so many people are moving here. And it's all things that maybe we know, but, you know, it, it, it's good to have it in a form that you can, you know, you can share with your clients. I thought it was really good. So um, you can go there and there's other information and surveys that you can download from here. You can see quarterly housing report, the market viewer, um, small land sales report. I mean, there's a lot of different things, international, condos, and it just breaks it down. So I thought I wanted to share that with you so you knew where it was. So you have that as a resource to go and look for great information. I like the stats. I like to share them. I think it it resonates with people. And um, so there you go. The next thing we talked about um, were appraisals. And we've talked about it on TNT a couple of times, but how now um, there's going to be, as of April 1st, desktop appraisals are going to be allowed only with Freddie, um, Freddie Mac loans right now. So they're government loans um, but not all government loans are Freddie Mac. So it's not all loans that are going to be going through this. But what that means is you can um, basically have someone else, an assistant who's not licensed, um, go in and do your measurements for you. You know, the realtor could do it. Anybody could do it and submit it back to the appraiser to get um to get done, you know, in the report. Um, I don't like that. I mean, appraisers have to be licensed. So the couple of things that were discussed it were who's going to be, how are you vetting these people that are coming in, in the home? If they don't have to be licensed, um, you know, and just anybody can go in and do a measurement, is that violating safety for a homeowner? You know, how all that's gonna work. So. It's really important that we know who is doing the appraisal um, and just be aware of what measurement is being done. 
And if a different measurement is being done, then, you know, there's different addendums and disclosures that we have to make sure that we provide. You know, information from other sources is one. We're getting information um, on measurements and square footage from another source. So we'll talk about that in more detail, and I'll get with Stacy on that. Um, the other thing I learned was, and I didn't know this, you guys may know this, that anything under ceiling height under seven foot is not counted in your square footage. So I think in our pantry, right, it kind of slants down. So that's that area wouldn't be counted as square footage in the back. So it just kind of cuts it off when it becomes less than seven feet. So if you have bedrooms or rooms within your home that have like unique ceiling heights, um, maybe a slope ceiling, you know, just be aware that that wouldn't be counted in the square footage. And it stops there. We were talking the other day about that, how if a room in particular was kind of like a long skinny attic mm -hmm. and it had, you know, a finished out bedroom up there, yeah. that maybe the middle is counted. And there's like the way that that would end up looking from a slice perspective is it would be like really long and like, super narrow, right? Yeah. Because the ceiling might start at eight foot and come over and then come down. Mm -hmm. So you'd only get such a slice, even though the rest of it's usable, the room would be like two foot wide by yeah. 20 foot deep it's or like, something. What is that room? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just be aware of that. The other thing was competence. So there, is a, there were some people from the Sherman Denison area that really vocalized this. They're seeing mm -hmm. agents come from Dallas who are out there trying to sell farm and ranch um, properties and they have no knowledge or experience doing that and it brought up a great discussion about competency and you know we're seeing ourselves have to kind of drift outside of our um, general area just to find and locate homes for our clients so I think it's important to know that if you're going to be dabbling in something that you're not familiar with that you consider getting somebody who is experienced and, you know, do a referral with them. You can still be present. You know, we talked about us, well, you guys didn't hear us, but we talked about in Montana, that's what we did. We went and learned a new market, you know, met different brokers, found one that we were comfortable with, and then we went in and learned the market with that broker. And, you know, she helped us and guided us through that first transaction and we just split it, right? And it was fine, we were still there for our clients, but man, we learned a ton. And then it was a, you know, it enabled us to be able to go and do it later. But there was discussions about if you're going to do farm and ranch or you're going to do condos, that you have to have a certain amount of hours, education hours in those different fields. So I thought that was a good idea because there's a lot to farm and ranch. And there's a lot to condos, right? So um, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, and you know, I, I think that's a consider. great point. It seems mm -hmm. like anytime you could quantify experience, knowledge uh, would be good. Yeah. And, you know, I, thinking through it, just classroom hours are not necessarily the only measurable. No. So I would argue that other measurables would also be important, right? Like, do you, do you have general knowledge of this? Is there some test or aptitude-based yeah. real-world application for it? Mm -hmm. Because there's many different things other than the traditional learning 
that goes on mm-hmm. in, uh, like, you know, like a CE class or something like that. Well, we all that know that experience possess. is where you really get your learning, but you don't want your client to be the guinea pig through your, you know, <laughs> when you're embarking on a, a huge transaction like a farm or a ranch. So just think about that. It's okay. We all want the business. You can keep the business, but do your client a favor and, you know, partner with somebody who is experienced, who's going to get them, you know, exactly what they need. So I thought that was a good idea. Um, And then, you know, they might reciprocate. Maybe they have somebody moving closer to Dallas and they need, you know, someone closer. So I think it will work work out both ways. Yeah, that would actually be a really good relationship to establish then, Yeah. right? Because that's totally possible that that local expert there lacks this as well mm-hmm. and is your perfect complement. Yeah, so don't just think with. it's outside of our state or somewhere where you may not be licensed. It could be right here in our area, you know? And so don't underestimate that. All right, the next thing, it was a big talk about wholesaling. So the assignment contracts and how this is a, you know, this is a problem. And I'm, I'm really thinking th- through, how is this really a violation on a seller? Okay, so there was a lot of talks of how now the sellers and, and previous um, sellers are coming back saying, you know what, I got totally taken advantage of here and bamboozled and I don't, I don't like it. So, you know, thinking through how that would happen, Somebody comes in, right, and they're going to buy the home, but really they are going to try to flip it. So what they're doing is they go into contract as, you know, Mike and Shauna Quisto, but they put and or assigns, which means during that time, we can just flip it over to somebody else and make a profit, right? So we are buying something for 100000 and we're bringing in all these different investors and different buyers Who'll pay 150? So we're gonna, you know, assign it. They pay 100, and then that 50 comes to us. So, you know, there's a lot of things that come with that. But one thing is that person, the buyer, if they want to go and they schedule all these inspections during this time, they're not inspections. They're bringing other people in there who, you know, it's an unlicensed person again coming in with people who really shouldn't be in there. They're not inspectors. They're not licensed inspectors or appraisers or, you know, trades that are inspecting. So there's a lot to that, and you'll see a lot more of that come into play. They're working on a a checks and balance Mm -hmm. system uh, for that process. Could I take just a second and comment on Mm -hmm. wholesaling? Yeah. So I I I think there's a naming problem with what that actually is, yeah, okay? And we had, we had talked about that before, mm-hmm. that the concept uh, to me of a wholesaler uh-huh. is somebody who buys, who purchases something in bulk, in bulk, who holds it and has it ready for somebody else to acquire from them at, you know, a retail price. That's a wholesaler, like the classic definition, right? And this scenario, people are like not- a builder. Yeah, people are not wholesaling them. They are buying them and they are assigning them to someone else. They're not actually They're purchasing. assignment contracts. They're assignment They're, contracts. Yeah. And people labeling them as wholesalers, I think just 
confuses the whole issue. I agree. So I might make a suggestion that when they consider making amendments to this, Mm -hmm. they reclassify the name and maybe also with those people have a disclosure statement that says this buyer how often require them. Mm -hmm. If you have done more than this many, that you have to give a disclosure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you sign a, um, a lender, uh, a loan document and it says this servicer, uh, transfers 98% of all their loans. Yeah. Right. Then, you know, okay, my loans are likely to get Mm -hmm. transferred. There should almost be a requirement on anybody that does more than X amount of wholesale or assignment contracts one that they yeah that if they they're register doing an assignment contract that they register all, yes. and say has this entity ever assigned other contracts are they likely to and what it is and mm-hmm. that is clear and transparent to what's going on yeah because there's whole businesses that just operate like this right that are really assigning and have zero intention to purchase mm-hmm. and the the seller is really entitled to know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the problem, so, right? That they're thinking, like, when someone hears that, oh, you came in and I agreed to sell at this, but then all this is going on and they're not aware, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know? And, and I just think transparency always eliminates lawsuits absolutely. and problems. Yeah. So my recommendation mm-hmm. for what that happens to be worth is disclosure statement and reclassifying them as assignment contracts, yep. not wholesalers, yep. and clarity. Seller deserves it. Okay, it's after nine, but I do have a really good last. I mean, I have more, but I would like, um, I can talk about this or we can punt it to tomorrow. Well, we're not going to be here tomorrow, but it's about solar panels and it's pretty interesting. So go ahead, do it. Okay. So, solar panels is an issue because people are not understanding. Unfortunately, there's companies coming out of the woodwork selling. We had a a live situation in our neighborhood in McKinney, right? Where these guys are out selling solar panels. It's a contract. They don't really read through and understand what they're getting involved in. Um, What we're finding is they're really not successful and profitable. So you want to you want to be very, very careful um, if you in, embark on this. The, like the company of selling them yes. or that's not profitable if you're the this. The whole solar panels because you you get, you know, mm. you're, you're getting power. They're not economically they're viable. They're not economically viable. And then they're, you know, they're having to sell it back. They lease it, all this stuff. And it's just not, it's very, very complicated. Um, and the big takeaway from this is, when a seller has this contract in place, title policies are not being, it's not, it's violating their title policy. They're not honoring the, this solar panel, the solar energy. So it's an issue with title, a big, big issue with title. It mm. puts a cloud on the title pretty Whoa. much. So, Yeah. So it could really, you need to know if, if you are buying or selling a home that has solar panels, you know, it's, there's a whole list of things that we need to talk about to protect your client because it is apparently getting out of control right now. So there you go. So yeah. Okay. 
Thank you. All right. Those were great topics. You covered a lot of amazing things, and I see you have more. So I do this have is more. Really good that and yes, I did topics. bring up the builder, the builder situation, and they're like, "Yes, we know. You know, it's going to come back around, and then builders are going to need us." I'm like, "Well, that doesn't solve the problem today, right? And it doesn't solve the problem the next time it happens. So if we don't get control of it now, I don't think it's fair to just kick it down the curb and say it's." part of the market, it's going to change. So that's the second time I brought it up with the Texas. Builders um, being registered or builders being, there's a having whole, to have a licensed person in there or putting it on an MLS. They or, are selling real estate. Yes. Okay. And they're not just selling one. They're selling, mm-hmm. pulse, they're selling in bulk and you know, there's not a lot of cooperation happening right now between the realtor and um, and the builder. Yep, that does need to be addressed. And I appreciate you yeah. stepping up for for that. Yeah, you know your access allows you to address a lot of these mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, it's impressive. Yep, I mean nice it's good. Job. So, Shauna. all right, well that's it. Sorry we ran over today, but I definitely wanted to talk to you about the solar panels because I think that's you know I didn't know it would cloud the title. I didn't realize, you know, the problems that they're really causing besides people getting taken advantage of um there's a lot more to it so got it okay